You may be seated, and if you would please turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8. This is the 10th and final sermon in the series that I've been walking through the book of Proverbs, uh, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times. And the theme of Proverbs, as we've seen again and again repeated, is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That fear starts off with we as human beings realize in the face of our holy God, we are sinners and we justly deserve His wrath and curse. And so we tremble in fear because of judgment. But as we come to know the God of Scripture who provided for us Jesus Christ to walk and live a perfect life and to give His life a ransom for our sins when we rest in Him, that fear of judgment turns into an awe, a respect, uh, an honor of a gracious, loving God who would give so freely to us His Son. So as we've walked through Proverbs and we've been seeking to grow in the fear of the Lord, it starts off in seed form as we get, come to Christ, but as, it, as we go through life, we grow in wisdom as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In this 10th sermon, we've kind of uh, hit the capstone. We've started with the three introductory speeches in chapters 1 through 5. So, we worked through each of those in a sermon, and then we took topical textual looks at the various subjects that the book of Proverbs addresses. Wisdom and money, wisdom in words, wisdom in intimacy, wisdom for planning, answering a fool, and most recently, wisdom in marriage. This week, we're going to conclude our time in Proverbs by looking in chapter 8 at a subject that addresses wisdom personified. In chapter 8 and a little bit into chapter 9, we see wisdom not as an ethereal subject or idea or thought that's hard to get your mind around, but we see wisdom now personified. And as we see wisdom personified, woman wisdom or lady wisdom is the one that calls out and she's been called uh, various um, things by scholars since uh, Proverbs has been written. Uh, some in the early church envisioned this as Christ pre-incarnate. And this view was present in Justin Martyr and even the likes of Arius, which we don't follow him on many things. So, there's some doubt and skeptics uh, about does this really represent Jesus before He took on flesh the second person of the Trinity now being spoken of. I don't think it clearly represents Jesus pre-incarnate, but there's so much about wisdom that we see in Jesus throughout the rest of the Scriptures, and particularly in light of the New Testament teaching on wisdom, these all inform us in this passage on the personification of wisdom. Follow along. I'm going to read the entire chapter. I know you only have a portion in front of you, but I want to get this entire a beautiful chapter before you. This is the Word of God. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of men. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right, for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. 
All the words of my mouth are righteous, and there is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me princes rule, and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the path of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work, at the first of His acts of old, ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills I was brought forth, before He had made the earth and its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When He established the heavens, I was there. When He drew the circle on the face of the deep, when He made firm the skies above, when He established the fountains of the deep, when He assigned the sea its limit so that the waters may not transgress His command, when He marked out the foundations of the earth, Then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. And now, sons, now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors." For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Let's pray together. Lord, we long to find wisdom. For in doing so, you say that we find life. Lord, we want to obtain favor from you. We want to find wisdom. Lord, I pray that we would make it our goal to seek out wisdom from Your Word, to know You, to know the truth. I pray that we would not be casual or complacent in our search for truth, because if we fail to find it, we injure ourselves. Lord, we would dare not hate wisdom and show that we actually love death. Rather, we need the wisdom that is from above, that heavenly wisdom that has been captured in Your Word and has been incarnate in flesh. Lord, we pray that we would see Your Word for the benefits that it has for us, that You have told us how we may glorify You and enjoy You forever. You have told us what we, may, what we need to know about You and what duties You require of us. Lord, we thank You that we have been given a Savior 
in Jesus Christ, that we have been given the example of how to live even though we fall desperately short of it. But more than that example, we have a Savior who has in our place perfectly obeyed you and laid down His life for us. So, Lord, as we approach your book, we pray that your Spirit would give us insight and then the strength to live for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this chapter, we see wisdom personified, and the rest of Scripture helps us to understand, I think, what person we are talking about here. And I I really, as I said in the introduction, I don't think we are talking about a pre-incarnate vision of who Jesus is, but we do see how Jesus personifies wisdom in His life. And remember as we, on Christmas Eve, heard Isaiah 11 spoken, there shall come forth a shoot from the, jump, from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his root shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You see, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, and the Spirit of wisdom is what was upon Jesus, the Messiah, who fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah Colossians 1, Paul says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and by Him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. It sounds like that middle section of Proverbs 8 where He created, He was there at creation, But we also see in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Again to Colossians 2, we read that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to each all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The culmination, the perfection of wisdom personified is Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greece, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Today I want us to see and to know that wisdom is not simply a body of information, facts and figures. It's not just an ethereal concept of something out there, but wisdom in its complete entirety. To know true wisdom, you really need to know Jesus Christ, who embodies wisdom and is himself the source of true wisdom. Let's begin by hearing Lady Wisdom cry out in the streets. In verse 1 it says, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? And here's all the locations where you're going to hear a call to wisdom. On the heights besides the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Besides the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out. 
The significance of all of these places is the place that wisdom calls to us is those are the places that people make life decisions, where we have to make choices as to which way we're going to go, how we're going to live. And wisdom in the book of Proverbs is wonderful for that because, let's face it, if you're driving down 69 Highway and you're getting cut off by a person and you decide, I'm not taking this anymore, wonder what I should do, ramming their car off the road and murdering them is not an option, right? Because there's a command in God's Word that says, you shall not kill. But there are so many other questions along life's highway as we drive along, as we go about our lives that don't have a revelation of you got to do this or you can't do this. Wisdom is about knowing how to navigate life in a God-honoring and careful way. It's not always about right and wrong. But wisdom is there at every place along the way. And we're promised that we're going to have choices to make. We're going to face times where we have to make decisions. That's, that's not even an option as to whether you're going to need wisdom for decisions. It's just whether you're going to use wisdom and avail yourself of it. In the first chapter of James, we're told to count it all joy when you face various trials. We're told then, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask for wisdom. But you have to ask in faith, not doubting. There's no, trust, there's no question. You're going to face difficult trials. You are facing difficult trials. For many of you, 2020 has been a, just a litany of difficult trials. So we need wisdom. And wisdom is there. Wisdom is calling out. I'm here for you. Listen up. Who is wisdom calling to? Look at verse 4. To you, O man, I call. My cry is to the children of man. To simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Men, children, simple, foolish, everyone. Wisdom isn't a specialized body of knowledge that only certain people need, that only like super smart people need or super important people need. This wisdom is for everyone, and we're going to need to make use of it. We need to have it. This Christmas, uh, I wanted to give my son Josh a, a gift that was uh, similar to the gift that I got when I was 22, like he is, graduating college, soon having uh, get started with your life, and, and being able to handle some of the, the problems that arise, maybe in your apartment or in your car, things that break, need fixing, or little projects you're going to do, a tool bag a bag of different tools that are going to help you when problems arise. You can't predict every single problem you're going to have, but you can at least accumulate some of those common tools that can be useful in everyday situations. I remember our first apartment was a, a duplex. We were in the bottom half of one side of the duplex. It was about a 50-year-old house, maybe more. And we got in, and Janie was focused on making sure all the decorations and the pictures and everything got hung. Well, I pull out my toolkit, and there's the hammer and nails. There's the level to make sure things are looking right. But there were also drawer handles that were loose and about to fall off. There was a cabinet door that was just kind of hanging. Having the right tools and then putting them to use 
is so important for us in life? Well, wisdom calls to everyone, and the Word of God is like that toolkit. Crack open your Bible. Familiarize yourself with different parts of Scripture that speak to common everyday problems or parts of Scripture that describe how projects in life should be put together. Parenting, marriage, finances. Learn what the Word of God says about these various ideas and issues that you'll face, and you'll have a tool bag full of what you need for when those opportunities come. So, Lady Wisdom, calling out to all, calling out to you and to me to be ready, to be prepared to face life. But we see here that Lady Wisdom is also superior. There's nothing that compares to her. In verse 10 and 11, we see she's superior to riches and wealth. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare to her. I think we read this principle maybe a dozen or more times throughout the book of Proverbs, that wisdom is more important than stuff. Wisdom is more important than riches, gold, silver, jewels, anything that you can imagine. And it's repeated so often, I think, because we need to hear that counter to what our culture is constantly telling us. You need more stuff. You need more things. You need more riches to be secure, to be happy. The marketing leading up to Christmas always spotlights this for me. It seems like every click on the Internet that I take, pop-ups, banner ads, sidebars, you know, even quote-unquote news stories that are actually just trying to sell you stuff. It's crazy how much you get told you need to buy. I can't do a Google search for tires without learning that I need this tire and that tire and tire places near me and just back off, please. Or looking up just how to change a certain light bulb on my vehicle will yield Amazon wants me to buy these bulbs and Walmart wants me to buy these bulbs and Facebook has all these suggestions and it's overwhelming. You need this, get this, have this. This is what's important. You know, I don't see any batter, banner ads and, and marketing wisdom. You need wisdom. You need God's wisdom. And that's why we need the book of Proverbs telling us again and again, reminding you like I'm reminding myself, lady wisdom is superior to riches and wealth. Verse 18, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. But but Lady Wisdom is not just superior to riches. It's superior. She's superior in giving directions for ruling and for leading. Look at verse 15. By me, kings reign, rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. This book and all of the Bible is so marvelous in its wisdom that it gives us wisdom to rule. It gives important and significant people wisdom. I mean, princes, nobles, kings, important people can get this wisdom. But they're not the only ones that get the wisdom. 
it's free and offered to all of us. It's kind of amazing that people who have some of the most mind-bogglingly important and complex decisions to make, not only people in our country but around the world, these people have access to the same wisdom that you have. Well, reverse that. You have access to the same wisdom that would rule the world, that would make the most important decisions. Now, not that our world rulers always use this wisdom, but it's there for us. Why wouldn't we go after it? Why wouldn't we pursue it? Why wouldn't we take it and get some of it for ourselves? This is good quality wisdom. It'd be like there's a beautiful buffet of food that's all laid out before you. I mean, the rich, fancy food that you never make for yourself just because it takes so much time or such expensive ingredients, but it's a buffet full of the choicest of things, and you, it's set before you. You can have any of it, and you decide, nah, I think I'm going to pass. Or a, a, a huge wardrobe, walk-in closet of all the most beautiful, elegant excellent clothing to wear and you say, nah, I'm going to stick with my old stuff. I don't need that. The most high performance quality vehicle in vehicles across all sorts of garages and you say, nah, I'm going to stick with what I know. The wisdom that God gives to you is superior. Go for it. Take it. It's yours to have. Reach out for it and try it and see for yourself. And as we follow this personification, Lady Wisdom is said to be present at creation in verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work, the first of His acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. So to the when question, wisdom is there even before creation. Wisdom is there as an ancient wisdom, old. And you know, why do we have to hear that wisdom is so ancient? Because again, it flies so countercultural to what we're told today that the best wisdom, the best knowledge is that which is new, that which is novel, that which is contemporary. The wisdom of God is ancient. It's tested by time. It's not novel and unproven. God's wisdom is older than humankind and every created thing for that matter. The marketing message here is played out telling us that the latest, the greatest, the new and improved is always the best. The most modern, scientifically advanced, and latest technology is what you need. You know, our chronological snobbery the, the idea that we're at the apex of all wisdom, so we have to be the smartest. All that old stuff, well, it's just not enlightened. It just isn't, it isn't evolved to the high level that we're at today. No. Give me the ancient wisdom that is tested by time, the old paths that we should walk in them. That's the when of the wisdom at creation, but what about the What? Let's consider the magnificent list of all the things that wisdom was there to bring into existence and to create. Verse 24, 
When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before He made the earth with its fields, the the dust of the world, the heavens, the face of the deep, the skies above, the fountains of the deep, the sea and all of its limits. When I was beside Him, verse 30, like a master workman, I was daily His delight, rejoicing before Him always, rejoicing in His inhabited world and delighting in the children of men. The apex of the creation is God's making man. Each element, each part, each form that is then filled with living creatures gives testament to His wisdom. God has baked and hardwired wisdom into His creation that even the fall of man into sin couldn't completely demolish. But we can't hardly scratch the surface of this wisdom in creation. There's untold wonders in the depths. You know, in the depths of the ocean where no light makes it down to, and in those recesses there are organisms and fish who human beings never lay eyes upon but exist there to bring glory to God. We have so much more to discover about God's wisdom and creation. Every day He puts before us a sunrise and a sunset to declare His glory, to show His wisdom in creation. Consider the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that we've witnessed to form what we've come to call the Bethlehem star. This is how NASA describes this event in the heavens. What makes this year's spectacle so rare then? It's been nearly 400 years since the planets planets passed this close to each other in the sky, and nearly 800 years since the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter occurred at night, as it will occur for 2020, allowing nearly everyone around the world to witness this great conjunction. The closest alignment will appear just a tenth of a degree apart and last for a few days. On the 21st, they will appear so close that the pinky finger at arm's length will easily cover both planets in the sky. The planets will be easy to see with the unaided eye by looking toward the southwest just at sunset. From our vantage point, Earth, the huge gas giants will appear very close together, but they'll still remain hundreds of millions of miles apart in space. Jupiter is more, has more than 11 times the diameter of Earth. The surface area of Saturn is 83 times bigger than our whole planet, and its mass is about 95 times greater. These huge celestial bodies that God placed in just the precise position, according to His wisdom, that seem so close together that they're only a pink, less than a pinky width apart are hundreds of millions of years apart and dwarf our planet in their size. This God, the God of wisdom, created this world for us to marvel at. And He has so baked His wisdom into the creation that we can wonder and worship Him, but we can also understand things and how they work. He's created that wisdom into the the natural laws that make our world make sense. Gravity works. 
And that's a wonderful thing, at least most times, that it's not so great. But the wisdom that God had, say, in, in creating a tree with its rings, that when we saw it into planks and you put it down and you start to sand it, you know that this is the wrong way and this is the right way. The grain of the wood speaks to a designer who put together something that, that so practically there's a wise way to handle this creation and then there's an unwise way to handle it. It's amazing how practical God is and how He's hard wi hardwired wisdom into His creation. But this culminates in how we understand that as Scripture unveils this personification of wisdom, Jesus tops it all. Jesus is the wisdom that is made flesh. Look at verse 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways and hear my instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Wow, this sounds a lot like the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. True wisdom that is, we see in Jesus involves what Proverbs 8 says is, O son, listen to me, blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear wisdom, do wisdom. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about this wise man. Do you remember when he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rainfall and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Jesus tells us the way of wisdom is, is hearing and doing. He tells us how we can live a blessed life. And as the chapter culminates in Proverbs 8, verse 35, whoever finds me finds life. That's a bold claim. That's a big statement and obtains favor from the Lord. But who, he who fails to find me injures himself, and all who hate me love death. Jesus says where you can find life. In, Pro, in John, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Heed the call of Lady Wisdom for your decisions. She's at every crossroad, at every highway, every gate, every turn. Listen to her speak. Get your tool bag stocked up with tools, with wisdom, so that you can put that into practice in your life to repair and to fix, to plan and to execute projects. Recognize and marvel. When you look at creation, you're seeing wisdom at work. You can marvel and worship God in His glory, His wisdom on display in the splendor of the universe, and use His creation in wise ways that are in accord with His wisdom and not against the grain. The incarnation of Jesus and His walking among us in wisdom provides us both 
the example we need, but more importantly, the rescue that we need. Because we never live in the wise ways that we are supposed to in their entirety. And therefore, we need this rescuer, Jesus, who came to save us from our sin and from our foolishness. And He's the example that we need to grow into godliness. May God give us wisdom as we pursue Him in His Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You've given us Jesus, who is Himself the complete embodiment of Your wisdom. And Lord, we thank You that we have His example for us, that we can live our lives in ways that are humble, laying our lives down for others, that are lives of of service, knowing that it's more blessed to give than to receive, knowing that it is important for us to seek the needs of others before our own. Lord, I pray that as we seek the wisdom that is from above, that we would seek Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. I pray that the mind of Christ Jesus would dwell in us richly for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.